last time, whenever for episode four, man, I spent probably like I don't know twenty minutes trying to match up audio so that there was absolutely no echo, no echo, and it was it was a nightmare. Oh, I bet, dude. It's so I mean, like I don't know how any of the like audio matching and recording works and all that. Like I've never messed with any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I haven't I haven't messed with it uh, before doing any of this. So it's it's definitely like a learning curve, and it was a little, it was a little um, made me feel just a, just like a touch better when I was asking Jose, like, hey man, you know anything about this? He was like, no, I probably should. I'm like, okay, so so you make music, and <laughs> and you're you're not an expert in audio, so it, it's forgivable. Yeah, it gives you it gives you a little wiggle room there. <laughs> so. Uh, you just got out of the army. That's correct? right. Yeah. Uh, so I got out in 2019. So I'm a little over a year out. So, uh, so far, like what's, what's your biggest challenge? Would you say biggest challenge. adjusting to civilian life wise? Um, honestly, I'd say just kind of an overall sense of like purpose and importance. If that makes sense. That makes because, total sense. You know, like you think about the, you know, going into your normal normal day at work, like now I go to work and honestly, like, you know, I'm a small component in a big company. Like it doesn't really make much of a difference. Where do you work at now? Uh, so I still work on posts. Like I still work for the government. I work in logistics. Um, so like everything that, that military units will order, we receive it and verify it, process and then send it out to the actual unit that ordered it. Oh well, I mean, you're still so you're still a you're still a, a gear in the in the cog. Yeah, I mean, it's still there. It's just uh, it feels less tangible. Yeah, I get that. Because it's, it's uh, you know, like it's it's di- think- it's difficult when when you're when you're dealing with something that maybe is a little bit frustrating, like you have to take a step back and be like, so like, what, what am I like? What is my stress actually worth in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, it's, and I mean, like I said, it's, or like you said, I'm still involved. Like I'm still a piece of it, but it's, um, Oh, my screen froze. I don't know if you're still getting this. No, I'm, I'm still, yeah, my, my screen froze as well, but I was still picking up your audio just fine. All right. Um, but you know whether you whether you're on board with troops being overseas or not, like the fact of the matter is, the actions that I had a small part in are going to be taught in history books for you know decades, if not centuries, to come. Yeah. And so it's it goes from that kind of an impact to like yeah, I'm still still having a part to play, but it's not the same kind of regard. I get that. You're, you're, you're doing the paperwork now instead of like going out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel that I, um, so not, I mean, I guess to, um, liken it to anything that, that I've done, uh, I, you know, I work at train, I've been there for almost six years and I, uh, I was on the floor doing a job every day. Um, and then I became a team leader. There's a lot of days where all I'm doing is paperwork and you know delegating uh different things or or talking to people making sure that people have their parts and uh i I get a bit antsy myself like when i see someone doing something i know i could do it better (laughs) you know yeah it's and it's hard to not want to step in and and do it better and just let them kind of do their thing or give them a a smaller sort of a guiding hand in the right direction kind of deal yeah, exactly. Because I mean, that's that's all. That's part of the learning curve for for everybody, and uh, it's hard to think like, well, you know, you were there at one point too. So, you know, that uh, was that was honestly probably one of the hardest things in my career when I was in the army. Was uh, so at one point I became a squad leader, and it's there's team leaders under the squad leaders, and so it was real hard not to kind of like step on my team leader's toes and be like, oh, you need to do it this way. <laughs> And like yeah. let them run their team the way that they want to run it. Yeah, I I get that too, because where where I'm at, we have team leaders and then work leaders, 
And the only difference is team leaders go through a formal class and work leaders are just kind of like a fall guy in a sense. (laughs) And uh, I've had one of my work leaders be like, hey, let me, uh, you should have come to me first before you, you know, you spoke to such and such. And I'm like, ah, you're right. You're right. I should like so then it's it's where that's also where like as a leader you you have to uh do your own learning, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh so what did you what did you do in the military? Uh so I was infantry. So it's Okay. What what everyone thinks about when they think of an army guy, you know, the stereotypical <laughs> dude with a rifle walking around with a big ass backpack. That's that's who I was. Uh so fondest memory out of your whole career um like what like it doesn't even have to be like sentimental or any sort of uh stereotype just it had it sticks out in your mind you know, biggest impact it, a funny thing about the army is like uh there's this real this overarching army saying that's embrace the suck and it's the crappiest moments end up being in like the best stories and the best memories so for me, like one example would be it was it was in Louisiana. That's where I was stationed at Fort Polk. And it was in January. We were just doing some training, doing a live fire, which is uh, it's just doing training with live rounds instead of like blanks and something like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people people think it doesn't get cold in Louisiana. I'll tell you, it gets fucking cold, man. <laughs> like it's not you know, it's not New York. You're not getting 20 below. But because of the way the humidity works, like it just kind of sucks oh, yeah. the heat out of you. Yeah, that 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 chill travels through the moisture in the air. Exactly. And so, I mean, it was like twenty degrees outside, and the first ten meters into doing this exercise, we're walking through like knee-high water. And we're like, oh man, this sucks. And so by the time we get to the actual objective to start shooting rounds and like hitting targets and stuff, none of our fingers actually worked. Like we couldn't bend our fingers to actually pull the trigger on our rifles. <laughs> and so we all ended up just like kicking out our elbows and doing like a chicken wing. And we held our fingers straight so that we could just move our whole arm back and shoot the <laughs> rifle that way. And man, we couldn't hit anything. <laughs> like. Our accuracy was crap because we're not holding the holding the gun right. Yeah, it was, it was just a funny ass thing, man. And it's between doing the lanes, we were all like huddled up in like the smallest little buildings for warmth, trying to do like a little penguin formation, and we were just like singing Journey and uh, just singing all sorts of songs, man. Like singing because I got high, don't stop believing, anything that came to mind. So that's actually a really great segue into like one of the other questions I just like impromptu had before I came out here. Um, whether it was while you were training in the States or while you were deployed, did you listen to any sort of uh, music to kind of get you in the zone to like get in that right kind of headspace for whatever you had to do for the day? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was, you know, not as much when I was back in the States. It was just kind of going to work, listening to whatever's on. Uh, yeah. But overseas, like before I'd go out on missions, there was like a, a few specific songs that I'd listen to. And none of them were, none of them even really have any words. Like it's all just instrumental, kind of like inspirational music. Like uh, the artist is like two steps from hell, which it sounds like hardcore, like all oh, is probably some death metal, but it's not. If you think about like, I don't know, think of like a battle scene from a movie and it's would be kind of the background track to that. Yeah, like some Valhalla shit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, before I go out on a mission, I'm listening to the music that would be in the background of a movie scene doing what I'm doing. It's kind of helped me get my mind right, get ready for the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, music definitely adds something. It's... I think it's important to use music to, uh, to, I guess, like change how you would perceive a certain situation. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of, it almost, it almost, uh, what for whatever you're doing, almost like takes you out of the situation, um, and you almost see yourself as that movie character. Yeah, it 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 does, and it's uh, 
it can inspire you to greater deeds than you would kind of motivate yourself to do without it. Yeah. And that also though, like obviously outside of, you know, everything that you were doing, uh, one thing I, I like to do is, um, like, I don't know if you like work out much I, since the, uh, since you got out. Um, but like training without music, you know, when you're doing something that you're used to having music with and you're like, you know what, I'm going to turn the music off today. And just how weird it is to just have only the silence once whatever you're doing is done. Oh yeah. It was. I, so yeah, me and my wife go to the gym every morning, just about, we have, uh, we kind of been slacking lately, but we try to go every morning yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, like there'll be days that I forget my headphones and the whole day I'm in the gym. I just can't find my flow. I'm like, man, it's just, like I'm lifting like 10 pounds less. Like I'm just not in it. (laughs) Yeah. So I, uh, I dealt with the same thing whenever I was going to a gym because I have my garage now. Um, and, uh, there would be days in there where like either my, my music wouldn't load or I would forget my headphones and I'd have the, the gym music to listen to and they'd be playing like, Whatever's on, yeah. whatever's popular, like Dude, they play Britney Nonsense Spears. In there half the time, they play like "Pocket Full of Sunshine" and Katy Perry. You're yeah, like, who's like they? Who's they did this crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's that's you know what they got to play to not get sued. Mm-hmm. Even though you have the the vast majority of like the serious lifters in there, are like put on some fucking Metallica, man. Like, come on. Yeah, man. That's you know the only you, like you talk about serious lifters. So me and my wife, we go to Planet Fitness. Which, nothing against Planet Fitness. Like, if that's where you want to go, good for you. Like, but I feel like it's not a place for like real serious lifters. <laughs> I I feel the same way. I I kind of enjoy the like the YouTube videos where you have like a su- a serious like YouTube lifter personality. He was like, all right, I'm gonna try to get kicked out of Planet Fitness today, and they go in there kicked out almost instantly just because of they already have an eye on them because of how they look Mm -hmm. yeah man like you're not allowed to like grunt and make noise and like a serious lifter knows yo you go in there and you get under some serious weight if you could just uh, like you can add 10 (laughs) 15 pounds to your lift and they don't have any free weights like they got dumbbells but there's no like barbells that are free weights and stuff so like I'm trying to do deadlifts and squats on the Smith machine. And I'm like, man, this isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not the same at all. I I tried, I tried to do that before too. Um, I forget what situation I was in. I think like all the squat squat racks were taken up when I was in whatever gym I was going to. And I, I was used to squatting with a regular barbell. Then I get on a Smith machine and I'm like, how did, how did, how does this go? See, it's it's not as bad, I feel like, when you go from a normal squat to the Smith machine. But I know that when I start going to a real gym again, and I have to actually work on my stability and not tip over, I'm going to be screwed for yeah. the first week, man. <laughs> you could probably remedy that by just doing a bunch of oblique exercises. That's true. I'm going to have to start doing it. And it's really what I want to do is get the setup like you have in your garage where I can just work out in my house and not have to worry about going somewhere because really the the main reason we're paying planet fitness is we can get a guest membership like for one of us and a guest who's always the other one of us for 30 bucks yeah and the other ones in town it's like 80 bucks for a membership i'm like man i'm not paying that much to to go to the gym like not when i can do it for 30 and just not have exactly what i want yeah, that's kind of so. Um, I just recently signed up for a strongman competition, but so I'm I'm back like going full fledged like I'm doing strongman stuff. But before that, I was kind of like, man, I need to mix something up with with my lifting. Like I'm not getting like the same buzz that I usually would get. And I started really looking at like doing some sort of MMA stuff. And there's one right up the street from my house. And I was like, well, I got to stop in there and see what their prices are. And I kept not doing it. 
And eventually I found online their prices and they want like $125 a month if you signed a, a two-year contract. Oh, man. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so not, not only do I have to pay the money and dedicate at least two years, I got to find the time to do this. Yeah, they're going to take the money kinda, either way. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I have to buy myself out of a contract. And I think I added up. It ended up being like $3,000 over two years. And uh, I'm like, what? Well, that's cool if I'm going to like train there and eventually like fight. But for just my day to day, like I haven't been in a fight since I was 12 years old. So like what good is some is a combat sport going to do for me now? You know? Yeah. Like if, yeah. If you're trying to go fight in the octagon and be on the next UFC card. All right. All right. Three thousand dollars is probably worth it. But. Oh, yeah. For something to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so I just decided, but like before I signed up for the competition, even I was like, you know what? I'll just keep being kind of chubby and really, really strong. <laughs> and uh, and then I found this strongman competition. And ever since then, man, I've like, I don't know, I've like kicked it into overdrive. That's cool. It's man. been it's yeah, it's like a very like sobering uh, reality, I guess. Like, never had a reason to lift before except for myself and now now it's like all right well I got to make sure I can I can lift that weight before competition day. You know, that was uh that was actually one of my favorite parts of being deployed was dude, I've never been in better shape in my life. Because you go you just oh, yeah, all that. you do is go on mission and then you come back and go work out at the gym. So there's nothing else to do. Like I Yeah, and and don't you get free food too? Yeah. Yeah, food's free. I mean, it's not not the best, but it's free. So, yeah, that's what that's or one of the things my dad was free-ish. So, if you're married, <laughs> then it's free when you're deployed. If you're not, then because you theoretically live in the barracks, whether you're stateside or you're overseas, they take out about three hundred dollars a month from your paycheck. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like one of the biggest scams in the army. They're taking three hundred dollars a month out of everyone who's single, living in the barracks, paycheck, whether you eat at the defac or not. Uh, defac's the dining facility. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. And it's it it doesn't matter if you eat there or not. And I'll tell you for damn sure, you're not getting three hundred dollars worth of food a month because you can't that go up is... there and get seconds like what they put on. You can't. Hell no. Dude, the army's cheap as hell. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. That's way different from what my dad was telling me. He was saying that part of the reason that he was in such good shape when he was deployed was because they would just decide, like, "Hey, I'm gonna go run 15 miles today." They're like, oh, okay, fuck it, let's go run 15 miles. So they belt out, you know, like a ridiculous amount of distance, and then they'd come back, and he was like. I'd load up my plate with like the biggest salad I could get and fucking all this extra meat and this, this and that, like my breakfast with, so I I don't know. Did you still get my audio? Can you hear me? Yep. You're back now. You're good. Okay. Did my audio cut out? It did. I heard he'd load up his plate and then that was it. Yeah. So he said he'd load up his plate with like, the, uh, a super tall salad and then like all this extra meat and his breakfast was like eggs and sausage and stuff and he could just eat as much as he wanted so when you're deployed it's different like when you're deployed I, I'd go oh, no, that was that was when he was deployed yeah so when you're deployed I'll, I'd, I'll go through the line three times and just stack my plate every time but when you're in the you met no seconds when you're in the states yeah when you're in the states they gotcha. won't let you go through the line a second time that's garbage, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, I there's know. a lot of people who are like, yeah, man, I can make better food for myself than the DFAC is going to give me. But they're still getting that $300 a month taken out of their check. But they're still taking that $300 a month. Fuck that. I would just as like a just as a fuck you, I would try to get as much of that $300 as I could. Oh, yeah. That's what we did. I mean, I ate every meal at the DFAC when I was single. Like, you know, you're taking my money. I'm going to get it. (laughs) 
Yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I did. Uh, I I don't know. I guess I didn't realize that. It's one of those things. And this this may be like way off subject, but one of the things that I also thought was ridiculous, and this goes more of a political side of uh, or not. This is like the government sticking their hand in everything. The army is paid from government money and then taxed by the government. Yeah. So the government is taxing their own money. Yeah. It's so it's basically <laughs> all right. I'm gonna give you twenty dollars, but I'm, I'm gonna keep like three of them. Yeah, but like, give me three dollars of that me back. Twenty dollars. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean. I'm libertarian, so I'm all about the government being too big and having their fingers in too many things. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't I don't even want to get into that. Honestly, that's <laughs> no, I'm, I figured not. I was just throwing it out because we were talking about it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I can't say anything without getting off on a tangent here. <laughs> there's there's so much stuff recently within the within the world where I'm just like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I, okay, I'll, I'll, okay, let's let's go this route. I was having an argument with one of my friends one day. I guess not an argument, a, a disagreement, where when the COVID shit was at like its height of like we're scared, they were talking about banning travel from state to state. And I said, that's unconstitutional. They can't fucking do that. Like, that's extremely wrong. And they were like, but why? If you're having people that are like, you know, anti-maskers and people who don't think that the virus is real, I said, that's that's fine. But those people still have just as much right as every other American. So what sense does it make? It's, it's unlawful to lock people down in, into a state and ban travel. You know... The thing that has scared me the most about the entire COVID pandemic is how willing people have been to give up their freedoms. It's 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 like that every time there's a scare, though. It is. It, but, I mean, even, like, even the mask, it's... First of all, let me say, I, COVID is real. I don't think it's fake. And I understand that it's serious. But I personally don't think the government can mandate that someone wear a mask. Now I'll wear a mask, makes everyone feel safer. Like I'm not an asshole. I'll put one on and do my duty. Yeah. But if the government was walking around telling everyone to wear a burqa, people would lose their mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. That's kind of how I feel about the whole situation. Like, I think, especially in states like California, that that has been very apparent where. Was their governor was like, yeah, when you're out at a restaurant, make sure you're putting your mask on in between bites. Yeah. <laughs> like, or if you're having a family gathering, wear your mask in your house. And if there's one place that you can't tell me what the fuck to do, it's in my house. Yeah. You're, you lost your mind if you think I'm going to listen to you in, the, in my own house. <laughs> yeah. That's so I'm, I'm kind of the same way about the mask. And especially I, I kind of take a different stance on it than uh, like a lot of my friends at work who like they don't have kids. It's one of those things where for myself, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Like if I was single, I probably would be like, all right, fuck it. Let's see where this goes. Uh, I don't really give a shit that much, but because I have kids, there's always, always going to be that fear of like, you could use my kids to scare me. And it's that Think about if your child got sick. Yeah, because you know what because I mean. Because you're a responsible parent, you're more susceptible to being afraid of something happening to your kid. To, right? to being, mani- yeah, manipulated because someone is bringing up my kids. Like you could tell me, fucking, that you you'd be like, hey, you know, people that sleep on their left side are more likely to harm their children in the future. I'm like, fuck it. Guess I'm gonna sleep on my right side the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's so it's almost like to a fault i'm i'm going to uh like i don't know for a while we weren't taking my oldest out um and that really uh kind of hurt me because he used to go to the store like when we'd go grocery shopping he and i for like my meal prep for the week i would always take him i'd grab him hot wheels while i was at the store and that was like our time you know and 
uh, that had to get shut off. But like recently, I like I went to Lowe's today and I brought him with me, and like it was just it's kind of like you got to introduce the normalcy at some point. You can't, you know, hide inside forever. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that I do wonder is like how this is gonna what the effect on like the social development is going to be long-term and it comes to a point where it's like, look, if the lockdowns work, why are we still locked down? If they don't work, why are we still locked down? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So social, Oh my God, man. It's one of the biggest issues that I think every parent is having during all of this is having their kids uh, get that energy out that kids have like, man, it's terrible, you know, and it's, it's winter time right now. So it's not like I can be like, all right, buddy, let's go outside and you just go run laps in the backyard. Like I got to find stuff for him to do in here. Hey man, I see a weight set behind you. Turn that little kid into a meathead. <laughs> he, he, he actually he actually has his own weight. So he was I was building a I don't know, I guess I'm I'm gonna brag about this real quick. I built these today. Hold on. I'll move the whole computer. Oh, it's gotta be worth uh, it then. I built some farmer's handles. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, so uh, in my competition I have I have farmer's handles that I have to uh, have to deal with. And I didn't have any, so I was like, fuck it, I'll just go to Lowe's and get the stuff. And uh, after I got done building them, he was like, hold on, Daddy, let me see if I can pick those up. And he, he picked them, like, right up. I was like, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit, I had some more questions I wanted to ask you. Well, my audio I'm... is cutting out again. Hold on. All right, we're good. You good? Yeah. All right. Um. All right, so... Plans, plans for the future. So you said you still work on on base. Uh, are you looking to like move up where you're at, or? So honestly, I'm uh, I'm trying to plan a future that doesn't involve working for someone else or for a company in general. So, short term, if if a spot opens up above me, obviously I'm gonna apply for it. Like I'm not gonna be like, no, 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 I don't want more money. But <laughs> But, um, so we, we own the house that, I, that we're living in right now. What I'd like to do is end up renting it out and get a place with some land somewhere in the area and then try and get another, like another house or two. And honestly, just kind of end up living on the rental income. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely dig that, man. It's, if there's one thing I've learned since like having a big boy job, you know, cause for a while, like after I graduated, I worked a couple of bullshit jobs here and there. When I was 20, I started working where I'm at now. And just recently within the past, like honestly, since all this COVID shit's been going on and there's been lockdowns and I've had more time at home and stuff like that. Like I've realized that like, maybe I don't need as much money as I think I do. And I enjoy being at my house doing what I want a lot more than I like being at work. And if there's ever a way I could find a way out of, you know, being a part of the machine, uh, fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I, so I, I feel you on that, like that, 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 that independent income stuff. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, there's, there's got to be more to life than waking up every day and going to work from eight in the morning till five at night. Like, yeah, it's, and I don't want to wait till I'm 50 to start enjoying the bulk of my day. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel too. The only thing that ever gives me comfort is like, I look at, so this is a, this is a, poor comparison because he has a shit ton of money but like joe rogan he's 52 and he's still tearing shit up you know he's a healthy dude he does kind of like whatever he wants he also has his own companies but like let's say you take his companies away he would still probably be the kind of dude that's like i'm gonna go hunting i'm gonna gonna, i'm gonna work out a bunch and i'm gonna you know so i i kind of look at like 
not as like my fallback, but I'm like, well, at least like if I say that I tried, like if I, if I actually try and then I still end up working, like at least when I'm 50, I know more than likely I'll still be youthful enough to enjoy a bunch of shit. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I still have a 401k, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. for retirement. Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out and I'll work every day until I can retire. And you know, like you said, I mean, you'll still be able to enjoy it, but if I can sooner than I want to. <laughs> 100, yeah, it, and I think I think a lot of that, uh, the, the fear of, like, getting old and not being able to do shit comes from, like, when we were kids. Like, you look at a 50-year-old when you're a kid, and you're like, God damn, that is so old. <laughs> and, you know, I'm about to be 26, and I'm like, shit, I got to live, like, 25 more years until I'm 50. God damn, man, like. It's a long time. Dude, I remember but it's still being like, a kid and like looking at people who are who are our age and being like, "Damn, like they look like they got it so so figured out." Let me tell you, yeah, I do not, man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Whenever when I was when I was ten, I got my first uh, like actual skateboard from a skate shop, and uh, the dude who owned it was nineteen, and as as a as a ten year old, I'm like that makes perfect sense. He's 19, owning a skateboard shop, successful, and now I'm 26, and I'm like, fuck. He was 19 and he owned a skate shop. Like, <laughs> he was a business owner at 19. Now, now, I kind of found out some more stuff later on of like how he had uh, borrowed that money from his parents, and then he kind of skipped town because he owed a shit ton of people money. Mm-hmm. But at 10 years old, I was like. That dude's the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's funny how uh, things come into perspective as you get older. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. You it's, know, you're a kid watching the Olympics, and you see like all these grown adults doing stuff, and then you're an adult watching these people in the Olympics, and you're like, damn, that that dude's like five years younger than me. But <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the most. Uh, Oh man, one of the one of the craziest realizations I had was um, so I don't know if you, you you probably have listened to Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah. Okay, so there was uh, a video of them performing. Um, uh, what's that song? They're like, "Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me." Oh uh, um. Damn, I can't think. Of, why can't I think of it? I was I was I can't think it, of it earlier either. today. And I can't yeah. think of it. <laughs> it's it's uh, Bulls on Parade. I think you're right. I Because th- at the end, he's like, out of nowhere, he's like, Bulls on Parade. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I just looked him up. Okay. You're right. <laughs> so I was watching a video of them performing that live, and, you know, Tom Morello's shredding, and, you know, Tom De La Roca is pissed as fuck. And I'm like, wow, they look really – I was 21 – I think 21, 22 when I watched that video and I looked at how old they would have been at the time of filming that. And they were the same ages as I was like respectively. And I, and I'm like, man, I can't imagine being so pissed off at a social, social situation that I revolve my creative out like outlet around that. And like all these people are gathering to see him and he's, you know, making a fuck ton of money from being pissed off at the government. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. <laughs> and I'm building air conditioners. <laughs> you know, I mean, we may not be the ones doing it, but honestly with the kind of time we live in, this is the kind of time that, you know, the next rage, rage against the machine is coming. I think. Oh, 100%. I, I listened to another podcast called No Dogs in Space, and it's a music history podcast. And I was listening to a Q and A with the uh, with the co hosts, and they play bands uh, that send in their you know their music. And apparently, there's another huge movement going on in California of like almost like a revolution, not a revolution, but like a revival of uh, of punk. And I'm like, yep, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I just poured myself another glass of whiskey and it got me thinking, cause I know you're a whiskey drinker too. Do you add water to your whiskey? I have tried. So, um, I, 
I haven't found one that I prefer to add water to. I've been wanting to get like mineral water because I've heard that really brings out quite a bit of flavors. See, I don't, I've never tried mineral, mineral water. I believe that it's probably more effective, but I do just normal tap water. And I feel like I taste the difference because. Oh, I definitely taste the difference, but like I kind of like the uh, the burn. Well, see, I, you know? how much water are you putting in? I just do like a little like splash. Yeah. Because I it, still feel like I get the burn when I'm adding just a touch. Maybe it was just because I've only done it to one one whiskey. What I do prefer if I'm going to kind of like uh, dilute or like try to do anything other than drink it neat is I, I will add like uh, versus doing craft ice. I will do like one or two ice cubes because you get in the beginning uh, the flavor of it being neat. And then as it progresses, it kind of brings out more flavors as the ice melts. So the, for, for those that don't know, like the reason that a lot of whiskey drinkers will add water to it is there's a compound in whiskey called guayacol. And I mean, I might be butchering the pronunciation, but something like that. <laughs> oh, that's that's news and, to me too. Uh, I didn't know about that. I just know about adding the water. Well, so it, there's guayacol in it, and that's what holds a lot of like the flavor and the fragrance of the whiskey you're drinking. And when you that makes sense. pour a little bit of water in it, and you know I'm not like doing half and half of water and whiskey or anything like that. Like you said, just a splash. Oh god, that'd be preposterous. But, yeah, that would be a sin. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of it pulls the more of the guayacol to the top so that you're in theory supposed to get more of the flavor and fragrance from it. Yeah. I'll have to try that with more of my whiskeys then because right now, right now I'm not drinking while I'm, while I'm training for the competition. Makes sense. I, I almost did. Like I was sitting there talking to my wife before I came here. I was like, fuck, I might have a small drink tonight. She's like, don't do it. I was like, (laughs) give I was like, what'd you say? She's like, don't do it. You said you weren't going to do it. I'm like, God damn it. And I have, I have six more weeks until the competition. I'm like, gosh, shit. Hey, good, good for her for helping you keep to it though. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely like, I was, I was eyeballing my bottle of Dave. Like, I think it's like Davies, Davies County or something like that. It's a, it's a Kentucky bourbon. And I'm like, that would really hit the spot right now. <laughs> Do you know what the difference is between bourbon and whiskey? Absolutely. I do not. So, you know, you would think I would after I just gave you the spiel about glycol, but I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> so with, because um, I didn't know this either. There's a documentary I watched on Hulu called uh, Neat, and it is one of my new favorite documentaries. Um, firstly, one of the things I appreciate about whiskey and, you know, like all kinds of whiskey in general is that I feel like there's when you're getting good whiskey, there's a real art form behind how you're going to distill it between like what kind of barley you choose, the sort of mash you make up, uh, where you get your corn from, what barrel you age it in, all that stuff. Right. Even the like right down to the climate. But with bourbon, they have so much criteria for it to be bourbon that the number one thing is it has to be made in America. Like, so you can't have Canadian bourbon. It's like legally you cannot call your whiskey bourbon unless it's made in America. Okay. And then it has, it has to be aged at least four years in a new and a brand new charred white Oak barrel. Um, it has to be 50% corn. Um, I think, and then there's a certain proof that you have to have it in, like have it at when you uh, barrel it, and then another proof that it has to be at when you bottle it. Um, so, like you'll see, like a bourbon, like Angel, like Angel's Envy, is a Kentucky bourbon um, that was finished in port wine barrels. So it sat in the new cask for four years at, at least. Um, but then as soon as it was done in, you know, in the barrel, they transferred it to another one to kind of draw on the flavors from the, the port wine. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, um, 
honestly, I think one of the most telling things as to why like Americans make better whiskey than, you know, the Scottish or the Irish even, or, or the Canadian is like, if you look at what the Irish and the Scottish do, they will get barrels imported from America to age their scotch in. Like, oh. Damn, my snowboard just fell off the wall. <laughs> Maybe you have a Scottish ghost in your house, man. I just pissed it off. Yeah, you must have. It's fine, sweetheart. I'll pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> um. <laughs> the good news is that's not the snowboard that I use, so... No that is great done. news. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was watching another documentary called like Golden or something about the like how they make scotch and a different and like one guy in particular who's like a scotch master. And while I respect how scotch is made, uh, they will age their scotch and bourbon and used bourbon barrels. Really? You know, I've yeah. tried several different scotches. And I have not found one that I like even like that I like better than even the lower quality whiskeys. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, so the only the only scotch that I've ever tried is like Cutters or something like that, and that is a very low quality scotch. Um, but um, aside from that, like I've tried Glenfiddich. Um, you know, that's the only one I can remember. But I did, like, the $90 bottle of Glenfiddich. And I was like, damn, like, I could have just gotten Jack Daniels and it would have been better than this. <laughs> that's awful, man, yeah. because that was going to be my first bottle of scotch that I was going to buy for myself. Like, Skip it. Oh, fuck. There is one. The the one that's in the um, documentary is called uh, Brook Laddick or something like that. And I would like to try it just for the sake of, like, I saw it in the documentary. I, like, I got to know what it tastes like because that guy apparently loves it. So there's got to be something to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'll try anything once. But <laughs> <laughs> that really is too bad, man. Uh, if I have to go with a cheap whiskey, um, now granted, there are plenty of amazing $30 bottles of, you know, American whiskey, bourbon from every state. Like, but I do sometimes like to go for a, a bottle of Jameson. I, uh, so my, my cheap one is Jim Bean, but honestly, like this Jefferson's I told you about that I'm drinking now. Yeah. I mean, this bottle was, is a 750 milliliter and it was only 35 bucks. So I'm probably going to be drinking man. this for a minute. Yeah. yeah, that's I I man, the when I first started getting into whiskey, I went and tried uh Knob Creek, which I think is a uh Jim B product. Um but I made the mistake of I really I really liked it, but I I took it camping. And damn near polish off the whole bottle in one night. <laughs> and so I woke up the next morning feeling like my head was going to explode. And ever since then, I have not been able to even look at the bottle of Knob Creek and think it was a good idea. <laughs> so one of the things me and my wife laugh about all the time is we're, uh, I'm pretty sure that my father-in-law likes me better than he does my wife, his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Because like he'll he'll be texting me and she'll walk in and be like who are you talking to like oh your dad it's just send him a text and like not get an answer <laughs> 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 but like anytime I go down there the he lives in Texas so anytime I visit we get there and he's like oh hey what's up Gina Nick you coming back to drink with me and I'm like yeah all right and we end up killing a bottle like almost every night that I'm there. And the last day we'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, you're telling me I got to drive like 16 hours on this hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, if I'm if I'm hungover, I'm completely useless. Like, don't even bother like 
asking me shit. I probably won't even talk. <laughs> well, what like, we started doing because I was hungover and I was like, dude, I don't want to drive 16 hours. Was uh, New Orleans is about halfway. And so we end up like this last time we spent about two, three days in New Orleans. And honestly, the fact that COVID was around made it all the better because there was nobody there. I that mean, sounds fucking awesome. We didn't have to get any reservations. We never waited in a line. Like, wasn't crowded at all. Like, there there were some streets we were walking in in the French Quarter that we were like the only people on the street. That's almost scary in New Orleans, though. Only Bourbon Street's the only bad part of New Orleans. Really? Isn't that like the most popular street in New Orleans? That's like the big party street, which the homeless people of New Orleans know. So they go there and they mess with the drunk people and get them to give them money. But like me and my wife, like, yeah, we're not big partiers. Like, I don't need to go to Bourbon Street and get wild. Like, I mean, literally, yeah, like, that's... the street over from Bourbon Street, you're like, oh, man, this is beautiful. And then you go to Bourbon Street, you're like, what's up with this alley? Oh, this is Bourbon Street? Gross. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awful, man. It's, me and my wife, we, uh, we kind of did something similar. She had a conference in Las Vegas. And, of course, I was like, well you can't go to Las Vegas by yourself, babe. That doesn't, that doesn't sound safe. And she was like, well, I'll, I'll talk to my boss and see if you can come. And her boss was like, I don't give a shit if he comes. Like <laughs> I already bought, you just have to buy his plane ticket. There's already like, I got your hotel room reserved. And so I was like, fuck. Yeah. So I, of course I want to go to Las Vegas. So yeah, we, hell yeah. you know, get the ticket and I, I show up there. And then we realized that like Las Vegas is not at all our scene because we're not partiers either we're very much like, let's get a drink and stay in and watch a movie or whatever. So while she was at her conference, like she had a few different classes she had to go to. I played fallout new Vegas the whole fucking time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I brought my Xbox, which was a, a bitch to get through like not customs, but uh security. What the hell? Yeah. I forget the official name for it, but yeah, the, security because they had they had me unpack it and i had to go and repack it they broke my fucking glasses and shit so i had no glasses going into las vegas and then uh so when i was but while i was there i was playing the video game the whole time and then when she got off we'd go to like fremont street or um the strip and we would just walk like we wouldn't spend any money because we're not gamblers you know and i'm not gonna drink in the las vegas heat so you're not gonna catch me buying alcohol on the strip you know, it was July. Oh yeah, no, I'll pa I'll pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think one night, one night we did go see Counting Crows, um, and they sucked really bad. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's very disappointing, especially because the concert going on at the venue right next door was Hobo Johnson, and I don't know if you've ever listened to Hobo Johnson. No, I don't know Hobo Johnson. Oh, man, he's kind of he's like. I don't want to call him like a rapper, but he does like, it's almost like spoken word rap. He's very like goofy and eccentric and I think he's fucking awesome. And whenever I walked into the hotel uh, lobby from the strip, he was there and I, um, I was like, Oh shit, you're Hobo Johnson. He was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> and I took a picture with him and he's, my wife took a picture with him. He's like, you guys come to the show later. And she went, uh yeah, <laughs> lied, lied her ass <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but then like we also like another night we just ended up like in the in the hotel room eating pizza watching that '70s show, you know, like I guess I don't know. I I think Las Vegas has got to be like a single person scene because it definitely wasn't for us. Yeah, I mean honestly, like if you're not gambling or single i don't know why you what what's in vegas for you i've never been oh, there man. personally so i mean you know take my opinion with a grain of salt but <laughs> so, well so outside of that if i could live in the west like that has been sort of untouched by the the bullshit that like is 
uh, I guess, like stereotypical for the West right now, I would love that. Like the weather is fucking amazing. I never thought that there would be a heat that I enjoy, but Las Vegas, like the West, that dry heat really has it going on. Yeah, that's uh. So, when uh when I went to Iraq, it'd be like 130 degrees, and people I'd be like complaining to someone back home about the heat, and they'd be like, "Oh well, at least it's a dry heat." It's like, dude, it's still 130 <laughs> fucking degrees. Like, yeah, it's that, that is a blow dryer in my face. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this. So, but that's where, like, I will have to agree about the dry heat because, like, I know it's got to be the same in Georgia where you're at. Um, the humidity is fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm i not a big, like, I'll wear shorts that aren't gym shorts. I don't prefer to. So, a lot of times, I just like to wear pants. And wearing pants in the Tennessee summer, you might as well just kind of get them out the get them out of the washer and put them on you know like it just gets it gets so ridiculous yeah it's rough like georgia's bad louisiana is so much worse it's i've i've heard I mean, yeah my wife is from louisiana it you may as well be swimming through the air like <laughs> yeah and bad. i've heard the mosquitoes are worse too oh yeah they're like bats dude they're huge <laughs> god that's disgusting dude i ugh. When she told me that, like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to go down to Louisiana, like try the food out. You know, I I love crawfish and seafood and stuff like that. But then I can't stand mosquitoes and humidity. So why the fuck would I want to go to Louisiana? So if you go in like October, November, you'll be good. Because like, I mean, like we were in uh, New Orleans. We were there like in December 20 something. And I was walking around in jeans and a t-shirt, beautiful weather, like having a great time. Uh, so I got to say, though, the, the summer times, that's what I miss most about being in New York. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, so after, uh, I think you left around the same year. You left around like 2006, didn't you? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so I left I left at that time too. My, my parents split up and... I moved back down here with my mom, but I'd still go up to New York for the summer. And it was like, it, w- it was a tease because I'd go from being in New York where you can run around in a field barefoot, especially we lived like in the country of New York, you know, like Watertown, Carthage, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, we were out in the sticks. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, yeah, that, that, that's the redneck part of, of New York. And, uh, you know, I'd run around in the field barefoot and I'd walk outside in, a, in you know, pants and a T-shirt. And I don't know. I felt like the weather was always nice to where I'd come back to Tennessee and I'd get to my house and the grass in my backyard would be dead. And I'd be sweating as soon as I stepped out of the car. I'm like, man, fuck. Like if the job market wasn't so bad in northern New York, I'd probably move there. Yeah, it's. See, you say you miss the summer. I miss the winter. I miss the winter too, man. It's, it's Don't actually, get it wrong. Living I in Georgia, like, dude, I haven't seen snow in years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think here in Tennessee, we had one snow recently in like, ah, damn, like 2015, 2016, shortly after I, like, I got my first apartment and I got snowed in. Because like the parking lots were, there was a lot of snow. Even by like, even by New York standards, it would have been like a medium-ish amount of snow. So it was a lot for here. And uh, for the first time, I was like, "Fuck yes!" Like, there's snow. It, this looks beautiful. I miss this. Like, it's quieter because the snow absorbs all the sound. Uh, and then since then, we haven't had anything. Like, I don't. My son has. My oldest son has, and especially my youngest son, never had the opportunity to play in the snow. Man, you got to take them somewhere that it snows just so they can experience it once, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so probably last question before we wrap it, wrap it up, and it's not even a super important question, just uh, something we could probably stem off about. Uh, what kind of hobbies are you into right now? 
Like, what what do you do in your spare time? Uh, honestly, so I used to play a lot of video games, and I've been trying to play less because I. I so have I. I feel like it makes me a worse person. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Not in the sense that like, oh, I'm an asshole or something like that, but I just I get lazy, man. Like, one hundred percent. I come home and I'm just like, all right, time to play my game. And then yeah. there's so much stuff around the house that I could be doing. So that's kind of how I got with video games myself because um, on the off chance that I'm not able to work out after work, my time to work out is right after my kids go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. But then I have Fallout upstairs or UFC or whatever I'm playing, like Call of Duty. And, you know, if I'm not working out, my wife be like, so uh, what do you uh, what, what are you doing tonight, babe? And I'm like, I was I was gonna play the game with Daniel, <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, what's up? And she's like, I don't I just gotta you know I feel like I haven't seen you all day. I'm like, yeah, but like this Fallout thing is going on. Like I really want to, you know, and that the man. boys need me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, it was it was the ultimate decision of like, am I going to you know perform my marital duties as a husband and spend quality time with the wife or am I going to go upstairs and waste two hours before bed and be tired for work the next day? Yeah. And so like that's made me kind of try to find new hobbies. And one of the ones that I found that I got into more recently, it's uh, it's called Warhammer 40 K and it's okay without a doubt the nerdiest thing I've ever done. But whatever, like I'm I'm a 26 year old man. No one's gonna beat me up and take my lunch money. Like gives a shit. <laughs> so. Dude, I, I play I play D and D when I get the chance. So I mean, I feel you on that. Well, it's like a I never did D and D, but it's the same kind of realm. Like it's a a miniature game, but it's like a a war game. Because I've got so, you know like I've got all these like tactics and like I know how to set up a support by fire and like do bounding and like covering fire and like I have all this strategy in my head that like I'm not using day to day but this game kind of lets me do it in a sort of smaller kind of way yeah and then the other part is like they all come and it's just like great plastic and you have to paint all of it but so I can sit there next to my wife painting my little dude while she's watching some show that I don't care about and I still get credit for hanging out with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that's the, that's like the ultimate get is like find something that you can work on next to your wife without really having to pay attention to what she's doing. Yeah. Cause like, you know, like she watched <laughs> this little, this stupid show about like midgets in Atlanta. Oh fuck. And I was like, I'm not watching this crap. <laughs> and, you know, to their credit, they'd have some one-liners that were funny. and They're inside jokes to this day. But I'd be sitting there working on my, painting my little stupid dude while she's watching her stupid show, and we'd be happy. So that's what matters, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. My, my wife, uh, the, I think the biggest... Uh, impasse we came to when we first were married was when I lived by myself, my routine was get up, make some coffee, play the game, pack a lip, and then go to the gym and go to work. Well, when we got married, uh, we had a TV in the room, but the main TV was downstairs in the living room. And I was like, hey, I really want to play the game. And she's like, I don't want to watch you play the game. And I'm like, well, then don't watch it. Go upstairs. And she's like, well, so then we're just not going to spend time with each other. I'm like, I don't know. She was like, I was like, well, what do, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to watch something with you. I'm like, I don't want to watch anything. And eventually we would just kind of have that, that little bickering until it was time to go. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to bed. And, uh, now once like you get into marriage, it's like finding that balance. And like, she watches a lot of crime shows, as I feel a lot of women. Oh, my do. wife loves serial killer documentaries are her jam. <laughs> so I can get down with like serial killer documentaries, or uh, I mean, I don't know, most of the time, D- depending. Like I, I kind of want to watch the new that that new docu series Night Stalker. Oh, on it's Netflix. good. It's good. 
Yeah, I mean, I like I like hearing about like Richard Ramirez and stuff, um, but uh, oh shit, oh my battery's dying. Uh, well, hey man, sorry to cut it short. You want to go ahead and wrap it up? I don't want the computer to die on you, die on us before we uh, get a chance to like formally end it. Oh yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, I mean, thanks for having me on, dude. I had a great time doing it. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll and you know, shit. I I definitely am one of those people. I'm gonna I'm gonna have repeat guests. So, uh, you know, here in a couple of weeks we'll we'll do another one. Hey, I'm down anytime, man. It's been great catching up. So whenever you want me to come yeah. on, I'm 100% down. Absolutely, man. Uh, all right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. And uh, this has been episode six of six seven whatever i butchered it <laughs> it's been one of those <laughs> it's yeah i think it's episode episode it's episode six of night coffee all right everybody <laughs> hey man take it easy hey have a good one man all right guys sorry i butchered it there at the end uh this has been episode six of night coffee i hope you guys enjoyed it um as always go ahead and check out the instagram at night coffee pot pod.com nightcoffeepod.com check out the instagram at nightcoffeepod uh also send me an email uh nightcoffeepod at gmail uh all right thank you guys for listening